you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to uh, Romans chapter 3. And uh, the section that we're to be reading today is uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. I'm going to go back and I'm going to include verse 20 um, in the reading. Romans chapter 3, verses 20 through 26. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's pray one more time. Father, as we look at this word this morning, Father, I just ask that you would uh, just open our, our eyes that we might see what you have for us today. I just ask this in your name. Amen. Well, uh, this morning hasn't gone the way that I'd hoped. Let's just put it that way. Um, if you could say there was a nuclear disaster related to my notes, it happened. But you know what? Maybe that's what God needed to happen. Maybe I had too much faith in what I was putting down. And I know a little bit something about having too much faith in something you shouldn't have faith in. Um, I think I've shared before with you guys part of my history. I grew up in, in a setting that tended to, to have a legalistic bent to it. And as a result, I didn't have a true understanding of what the gospel of Jesus Christ was all about. And that resulted in, you know, obviously a lot of uncertainty. Um, we did communion two times a year, and you better believe there was two times a year where I was like, Lord God, now's the time for you to come home. I'm ready. Um, because I was so convinced that I had made myself right once again. Once again, I've been living really good for the last couple weeks. So right now is a good opportunity, God. You can come now. And this specific text, um, as I began to walk through it, uh, through discipleship, it changed my life. And uh, I, I don't know any better way to say that than it, it changed my life. It gave me security um, where I didn't have security before. And so this morning, I want to keep it simple. Uh, we'll be bouncing back and forth a little bit within the text because of the way that Paul writes. He tends to run on sentences and kind of bring things up here and there. So we're going to bounce around a little bit within the text. But I'm going to try to keep it simple because it was the simple truth that transformed my life. So I don't think I need to add much to it. But in that time where, yes, I believe that we are justified by faith, I was also believing that my works were what held me there, right? 
And that's where a lot of insecurity came from. And in, in verse 20 that we just read, for by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. It says no human being. If we, just, if we jump down to uh, verse 24, uh, 23 and 24, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace. So on the one hand, we see no one will be justified. In the other, we see here's an opportunity for everyone to be justified. So what happened between those two verses? And that's what's really cool. And that's what we're going to get into a little bit uh, this morning. But in the start here, I just want to help us to think a little bit from the Jewish perspective. You know, they were very focused on, you know, the letter of the law, all of the Old Testament law. In fact, there were those that uh, added quite a bit to it just to make sure that they didn't even come close to breaking the laws. And as Paul, having come out of that, is trying to talk to them and share this with them, he would have understood because he came through this as well, he would have understood the, the intense burden, this intense weight of always, always being right, always never doing wrong. Well, I've tried that before, and I didn't last a day. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is impossible. But then, if you just think of that, that burden of always, always being right, always being righteous, what is, what is the end goal? Why, why are we trying to be righteous? And I really think it, it comes down to the, the biggest, one of the biggest questions that we face and all of human history has faced is in the end, how do I stand before an almighty righteous God and be justified in his sight? And that's a pretty heavy question. Well, what the Jews would have been taught was that it's by following the law. So you put that kind of a burden behind that kind of a uh, consequence, not being right with God, and you're going to feel pretty oppressed. It's going to be pretty difficult to do. But even though the law is kind of an example or, or uh, like it kind of shows God's righteousness, it's kind of a reflection of that. It's, it's just a very, very, very small sample size. It's just a shadow of his full righteousness. And that is the full righteousness that, in theoretical terms, if we could attain, we on our own could be justified before God. But, as Scripture said, no one can do that. So even that small, little sample that is just a speck uh, it's like a speck of sand on the, on, on, the, uh, on the beach compared to the entire universe being God's righteousness. That even is not a drastic enough difference to illustrate the difference, the chasm between those two things. Yet we can't even keep that little small part. And that's why they needed something else. And I have to think that as you get to verse 20 and you hear that those two words, but now, the they don't mean that much on their own, but what they're transitioning from and what they're transitioning to is so beautiful. But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, 
although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. That's such beautiful news. We don't have to work hard on our own to attain it. We don't have to be perfect. We definitely don't want to try to be the opposite of of that, no. But that weight and that burden, that impossible task that was given, that's not ours anymore. And that's what really, I guess, transformed my life was I found that with that weight off, I actually had freedom to live for Christ in a way that I hadn't before. So what is this righteousness of God that has been manifested apart from the law? Well, it's the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Christ is the manifestation of that righteousness. He lived that perfect life, that sinless life, so that we don't have to. Fully God and fully man. This is the good news of the gospel. The requirement of righteous, righteousness is no longer on us. But the righteousness of the, the only one who could live up to the law and fulfill every single jot and tittle, that righteousness is credited to us if we put faith in him. And that's how we are justified. And that understanding, it changes quite a lot. And so I wanted to just take a little bit of a look at what it means to be justified. Um, I would often just think to myself, well, if God's all-powerful, and if he's loving enough to send his own son, that he would live a perfect life, he would die in our place, can't he just forgive sin? Can't he just dismiss it? And the answer is no. He can't just dismiss sin. A righteous God cannot exist with sin that is unpaid for. I know there's a, probably a fancier way to say that. Um, but he can't. He cannot exist in the, existence, in the presence of sin that is unpaid for. And that's why it's so important that we understand that Jesus Christ lived that perfect life. He really did. He came down to earth and sometimes we can just kind of think, you know, that was a long time ago. It doesn't seem real to us. But it's very real. He lived that life for us and was a sacrifice for us. And when we put our faith in him, it's no, it's no longer about us. The beauty of it is when, he looks at, when God looks at us, he's not looking at our track record anymore. He's looking at the righteousness of Christ that has been imparted to us. You know, if a judge would simply dismiss a crime, there wouldn't have been any justice. There wouldn't have been any payment, you know, if you got a pardon. But if a judge was to look at all the facts, all of the evidence, and say, you are justified, it's completely different. You're no longer a person that's walking around with the weight of that sin. You've been proven that this is not yours. And that's what we receive through Christ, that imparted righteousness. We can right now, today, live free. It's not just for when we die. Today we can live free knowing that that, that righteousness has been imparted to, it, to us and we are justified before him. 
And that right there, that little bit there, is what truly changed my life. To understand that right now, even though I am a sinner, even though I struggle, right now in the sight of God, because of faith put into his son, that I can be free, that I am declared righteous, that I am justified before him right now. I don't have to live my life in fear. And that's where I was. I lived most of my life in fear, and I don't want to make this all about me, but it's, it's very personal to me. Um, I lived my life in fear. I did not want God to come back at times. Now think about that for a minute. I claimed I was a Christian, but I did not want God to come back. Something wasn't right there. It was a fundamental misunderstanding of where my justification lay. And the, uh, the truth of the matter is, that is the answer to that question. How do we stand before an al- almighty God? And it's the same answer for every single person. It's not subjective. I know there's a lot of subjective truth nowadays. What's your experience? That's going to determine your truth. God's not a subjective God. He's an absolute God. He's a righteous God. We measure everything that we call truth by what he says. And in verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. I want you to think about that a little bit, the the grace as a gift. Um, How often would you say that you're going to give, uh, let's say, a small gift to somebody and you expect nothing in return? I think most of us would do that. Well, start increasing the value of that gift. And pretty soon, at least in my perspective, I give you a really, really big gift. I probably expect um, a really, really large amount of control in your life or influence, something of that matter. Well, that gift is given freely. There's no strings attached. The only request is that we love him, we follow him, and we obey him. And that used to seem like a big task, but it's really not. When you love Christ, when you know that you are uh, justified because of his sacrifice freely, that obedience, that following the law, it's no longer the burden that it used to be. Sorry, I forgot my password there. (laughs) And you know, I want to jump back here and talk again a little bit about God's righteousness. I think sometimes we might think that that changes. Remember I said God, he's a God of absolutes. His righteousness doesn't change. It doesn't mean that his standard for righteousness has changed from before the law was given to now. That hasn't changed. I want to be clear on that. The only thing that's changed is the way that we can be justified and found righteous before him. And uh, there's a... I'm, I'm probably going to say this very imperfectly, but Martin Luther, he said that the argument of justification is, I believe he said, the hinge that the whole church turns on, something to that nature. And there... There's such a, a dichotomy here of 
being justified in Christ, and also living on this world as a sinner, as an imperfect person. And he also put it like this in Latin, which is probably what I'm going to screw up. Simo justus et peccator, at the same time righteous and sinner. And that's one phrase that uh, I discovered the other day. I was like, I think that's one that I want to put on my computer screen or on my screensaver, whatever it is, and learn. Because if I can keep that in my mind, it's going to hold me true to where I need to be. At the same time, righteous and sinner. Because here's where it gets really hard. This passage changed my life. But I kept going back to the old way. I kept going back to saying, I can do this in my own way. I can earn my righteousness. It's so easy to slide back into what you're familiar with. And I'll give you an example. Uh, the Berlin Wall. I believe that was constructed in the 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, separated East and West Berlin, Germany, not Berlin, Ohio. Um, but there was two very different cultures, two very different feelings, depending which side of the wall you were on. You know, the one side had economic freedom. Uh, there was, you know, personal autonomy. On the other side, you were oppressed. Everything was planned for you. You didn't really have a say. That is my understanding. I didn't live through it, but uh, it was very dark, very different. And this wall was erected so that these people that were in the east side would not go over to the west side. Um, yet there was many people that lived through that that would attempt throughout their lifetime to escape over to the other side. And there was many that lost their lives. There were some that were imprisoned, tortured. And there were some that got over there. But this wall, this wall itself is not what oppressed them. This wall was a divider. It stood uh, as more of a symbol. And it was a symbol worldwide that everybody would, under, would, would know and recognize. And it did divide the, the two, but it wasn't the wall itself that made the difference on the life on one side versus the other. And when that wall finally came down, uh, I was reading some stories of some people that lived through that, and they said that they saw it on the news, and these were people that lived over in Germany. They said, we saw it on the news that the wall had come down, and we didn't believe it. You know, we had to go see for ourselves. And even when the wall came down, they didn't believe that anything was going to be different. And they continued oftentimes living their life in the same pattern of fear, of stepping outside of the boundary, making a mistake, getting snatched up by the, I believe it was the Stasi. Um, and they lived that way even for decades. And so I want to ask you guys this morning, if, you, if you've ever grown up with any inkling that you are yourself responsible for your own righteousness, your own justification through your own works, and you have learned that justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And that's changed your life. I would ask you to guard your hearts because it's very easy to slide back. It's very easy to live our lives in that fear saying, has anything really changed? And that's why we need to preach this to ourselves every single day. 
uh, and remind ourselves who we are in Christ. We are justified, we are secure, and we are righteous before God, not in our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ. And in that freedom, you will experience joy, assurance, and uh, you should be willing to share that with everyone around you. I know I was never one who would readily go share with people about the gospel. And there's times I still struggle with that. But one of the main reasons was because, to me, it was only partially good news. I want to tell you guys this morning, this is 100% good news. And we should share it with all those around us. But justification, it does come at a cost. And that's why I want to look just very briefly here. Um, It says that we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. Uh, propitiation was a word that I often just skipped over because I didn't know what it, mean, what it meant historically uh, until somebody explained it to me. But propitiation is literally uh, the idea of an appeasement to a deity, uh, a sacrifice. And this, this justification that we can now live in, this righteousness that we have credited to us, it came at a price, a significant price. And that was the cost of, of, of the Son of God. And that is why, you know, when we talked earlier about God's righteousness being uh, satisfied, that he couldn't just dismiss sin, but it needed to be paid, it is because of that propitiation that God now can provide that uh, justification for us. And that's something that we should be very grateful for because... I had to think symbolically when that Berlin Wall came down, it was at the cross where the requirement of the law came down for us and made everything different. And I know this is... um, This is perhaps a a, a shoddy explanation uh, in many ways. But... I would encourage you guys, don't overlook this passage. Um, I, I overlooked it quite a bit, even in recent years. And as we were, as I was studying for this and getting back into it, I, my heart was refreshed and it was renewed to the truth of it. And I want to encourage you guys, and you can come up, worship. Uh, I want to just encourage you guys to to live in this every day because we can know all of the the perfect uh, theological statements, all the perfect theological truths, but if this is not in our heart, if we are not living this every day, understanding why we are righteous and that it's not because of ourselves, um, we're going to live a joyless Christian life and we are not going to be a light and a witness to the world around us, which is ultimately very important. So I just want to leave you with those words. Uh, Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you today for just the beauty of your your word. We thank you for uh, 
the justification that we can have through Christ, that righteousness that's imputed to us, Father. We just thank you that he came down in real time, space, history and lived a perfect life as fully man and fully God. That we don't have to do this, Father. Thank you for taking that burden away from us. Father, we just ask that as we go forward and as we live our lives that you would help us to always keep this central in our heart, to always remain grateful, to never slide back into trying to do things on our own way, in our own works, Father. We thank you, we praise you, and you alone. Amen.